prepare to continue on our journey. God is going to take care of us by giving us a crown. Your labor will not be in vain and your reward will be divine. As we prepare to continue on in our study with Philippians and we're getting ready to conclude Chapter 1, 
And your overarching theme that you should always be focused when you're looking at chapter one of the book of Philippians is you got to have a single mindedness to understand that despite your circumstances and conditions, that God's have you there for purpose and reason. And the things that you may go through in life, you can't sit around and lose your joy despite the fact that you're not satisfied with your conditions. Many of us get chained up and binded up, not just in prison cells, but in our lives and in our actions and in our conduct. We get handcuffed that may cause us to lose our joy. But here Paul is reminding us that if you got your mind focused in the right place, if you are focused on Jesus, then your joy will never be stolen. You'll be able to understand that God loves you so much that he hasn't forgot you. And then he will use your circumstances and purpose to achieve what he needs to achieve. And if we really love Jesus, and it's our focus on Jesus, then God will be able to use you to produce the gospel in people's lives. Today I want to talk to you about the battlefield for your citizenship. The battlefield for your citizenship. In First Philippians, in First Philippians, y'all find First Philippians. <laughs> in Philippians, <laughs> chapter one, starting. At verse 27, it tells us only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind striving together for the faith of the gospel. Not in any way be terrified by your adversary, which is to them a proof of your preparation, but to you of salvation and that from God. For, you, for to you it is granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. Having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Amen. Where many of us struggle and lose our joy is because we don't understand this is not home. When I used to be in the military, we used to, I had been stationed in many places. 
And it didn't matter how nice the place was or it didn't matter how bad the place was. One thing I knew when the plane landed in Spain or South Korea or Germany or, or the Philippines or Japan, I knew that wasn't home. So I may be there a few months or I may be there a few years, but I never tried to make it my home. I temporarily lived there understanding that one day I'm leaving. And I think the battle with the Christian today is that you're so busy trying to make this your home that you forget that, that any day God can say it's time to go. But in the midst of trying to make this your home, you not only are trying to make it home, but you want it so comfortable that you don't want no problem. Today, my deacon came and prayed with me, and he was praying, and he was saying that the, the, the devil was on you, and he's trying to get rid of you, and he's trying to make negative things about you, and he's trying to destroy what God has. And see, that's part of that handcuff imprisonment that Satan tries to put us in. But see, when you got the joy of the Lord, and you know that God is with you, and you're not worried about what you got to go through, that if they're going to lock the jail doors, God is going to be there with you. And if you're willing to be single-minded and focus on Jesus, you're going to go wherever God got you and you're going to tell somebody about it. See, if we ever get our act right, there's three things that Paul is saying in verse 27 that we need to understand. He says, first of all, you need to watch how your behavior is. See, how many of times that our behavior don't match up with the gospel of Christ? See, he said, whatever happens, conduct yourself in a manner that's worthy of the gospel of Christ. Well, see, we done said, well, we don't have to act right. All we got to do is believe what we want to believe and act the way we want to act. But God and Paul is saying to the Philippian church, if you want to be a great church, you got to first understand where your citizenship is. Your first thing you need to understand is you, your citizenship is heaven. This is just a temporary assignment. Oh, y'all don't hear me. It's just like when I got to Spain or Germany. I know that's a temporary assignment, but that's not home. But that we still got to behave the way we supposed to behave. See, watch this. When I was in overseas or somewhere, I understood that I was an American. Now, I could be with the Germans, the Spanish, the Turks. It didn't matter. But I knew I was an American. So I was an ambassador, somebody ought to say so, to a, being an American soldier. So I had to conduct myself in the right way of an American citizen. God is saying, you need to conduct yourself just because you are in this world, but you're not of this world. Now conduct yourself as a citizen of heaven. 
See, if we start conducting ourselves the way the gospel tells us to conduct ourselves, then we will be able to have our behavior to act worthy of what Christ wants us to be. Instead of trying to tell God that this is the way the world unmade me and this is okay, God is saying, no, what you need to learn how to do is conduct yourself on where you're going to be. And the only way you're going to learn how to conduct yourself on where you're going is you got to start hanging around folk that is acting like the way I need you to act. The Bible says if I abide in you and you abide in me, then you're going to start acting like. But it's a battle. And Paul understood that it was going to be a battle. That's why he was telling the Philippian church, if you're going to be a good church, you know you got to be in a battle. And what makes me so sick is when I hear people that fell asleep, woes me and we shouldn't be going through nothing. Well, I don't know about you, but that don't give you the right to act the way you want to act. Because you, first of all, know if you're a child of God, you're going to go through something. But see, if you don't expect nothing, then you're going to get surprised by whatever happened. But if you are in a battlefield and you know you're in a battlefield and you quit taking your armor off and you quit putting down your sword and you quit putting down your seal and you quit thinking that these folk is your friend, then when you know you're in a battle, nothing surprises you. If Satan sent a Scud missile, I'm ready. If he sent gas, I'm ready. If he sent a bullet, I'm ready. Because I'm always knowing that I'm in a battle. And that the thing is, I'm on enemy. Mm. <laughs> That's y'all's problem. I'm on enemy territory. I don't care if it's on Lorraine, Rock Road, or Bluff. I'm still on enemy territory. I don't care if it's in Dallas, Indiana, or Los Angeles. I'm still on enemy territory. I know this, that this ain't my home, and my citizenship is... He said, do this in a worthy manner. Conduct yourself that way. And many of us don't understand... This is where we really get confused. That word conduct means conversion. And that word conversion in the Greek means politics. And that word politics means that we are doing what we feel we need to do. That's why we don't like politics, because politics ain't fair. Politics do what it needs to do. And so what Paul is saying here is you, your, convert, your conversion is going to be a, a political move. And since it's political, you got to be on guard because some things ain't going to be the way you need it to be. And where the only way to overcome the politics of this world is you conduct yourself the way you are a citizen of who you're supposed to be. That's why he say, don't you worry about what government you fall on. Because if you my child, you are a citizen of heaven. And if I place you under communism, socialism, or democracy, if you got me, you just obey the government. But don't you worry, because home is not here. So your behavior needs to be able to demonstrate the gospel of Christ. 
Then the next thing we need to work on <laughs> is our attitude. We're supposed to be the positive folk. Paul said, I'm in this prison, but I'm going to stay positive. Because I'm going to go be where I know this ain't it. Paul said, if they kill me, amen. If I live, amen. Because home ain't here. And see, I think what gets us to the point where we don't want to live the way we're supposed to live because some of us, well, most of us, matter of fact, three, well, let me not stereotype. Let me just leave it alone. I'll just use it in generalization. Most, <laughs> we haven't had that encounter where, like Paul said, I done been to the third heaven. So I done seen God's glory. So it don't bother me to act like I'm supposed to act because he done gave me a glimpse of eternity. Now watch this. You may not visually see a glimpse of eternity. You may not have an Isaiah's six experience where the heavens open up and you see him sitting in the holy of holy. But I can tell you this right now. You still have eternity in you because your heart is right with God and you are feeling God's eternal glory in you and you done got a glimpse that this ain't it. So our attitudes need to conform to the heavenly thinking. And when we get our attitudes right, then your joy is going to be right. All right. Then you're able to stand firm on the things of God. We was discussing in Sunday school about Christian living in the new members class. And, and the thing is, is this conduct that we're supposed to have and loving one another in the church. See, when we stand firm, we can still love those that don't want to love us. When we stand firm, we can still love those that despise us. When we stand firm, we can still love those that disagree with us. When you stand firm, you can still love and encompass those that is out to destroy you because you got the proper attitude that for Christ I live. And to die is the game. And they don't understand why you act the way you act, why you put up with what you put up with, because you know that this is only a test and a battle to go through. Because when our behavior is right and our attitude is right and we stand together as Christians together, that's the third thing. You got to be united. But Satan done got a good job on us today. We don't think the church needs to unite. We don't think we need to stand together. We could go just wander off doing what we want to do. I think the Bible said when the sheep leave the sheepfold, then the blue are open to the wolves to go ahead and devour you. Because he said, I laid down my life and I lay in front of the sheepfold. And if the sheep want to leave out of the sheepfold, then that's the sheepfold. Because I will protect the sheep that's willing to stay home. If you're a lamb chop, don't blame Jesus. 
because you don't want to do it his way. He said the thieves come to steal, kill, and destroy. But if they in my fold, he can't get to them. But if you leave the fold, So not only do we got to learn how to deal with our behavior, we got to deal with our attitude. And anybody in Ms. Paul know I'm good with checking attitudes. I can't stand all these attitudes. What? Where you get that from? Well, I know it ain't the Bible, Pastor, but that's me. Okay, keep being you. But I'm going to check you because this is what the words say. I understand feelings, but that don't mean you got to live in them. They there for a moment and you let them on, do what they supposed to do and let them go. But we like to hang on to them so it affects our attitude. And then we come, not only see the sad part is, you, see it'd be okay if you did it Monday through third, Friday out there and you got a bad, but then you bring it to me in here. <laughs> Trying to ruin my day. But see, I know how to stand firm with the Lord and stay joyous. Because, see, see, the way you learn is, see, the problem with us is the teachings of the Bible is unpopular. And we want to modify it to adjust to our fleshly nature. But see, the problem is the Bible don't adjust to you. You adjust to it. And when you adjust to it, then your attitude and your behavior start to change. And like I told him today this morning, I said, despite all what you're trying to do, watch how many times God said this in the Bible. Love one another. The greatest second commandment is love one another. And guess what commandment? We don't care if we do or not. Love one another because your attitude ain't right and your behavior won't be right. And how are we going to stand united if we don't want to work on? Loving one another. So Paul is telling us just in one verse, get your behavior right and quit disgracing my gospel. Get your attitude right and quit disgracing the gospel. Stand firm instead of running and hiding and justifying what you don't want to do and quit disgracing the gospel. Paul is saying, you're supposed to be a body of Christ. Stand firm and be united and quit disgracing the gospel of Christ. And then he said, be courageous. What is all this fear you got? He said, you need to stand up. And be strong and very courageous. Because the Bible says, if God is for you, what can man do against you? That's in one verse. And I still ain't dissected all that he done said. But then he goes on and tell us, the adversary is going to start to persecute you. You know what? We don't want the adversary. We, you, you read your responsive reading. Satan kept tempting Jesus. But he didn't give in. Why didn't Jesus give in? Jesus knew this wasn't his home. You can have it. 
because I'm going home. I'm a citizen that has come down from heaven. So I know where I'm going. You can have all of this because I'm going to burn it up when I get through with it. So you can have it. You think you got something, but you wait till I get through with it. Because when I come back in my glory, all this is going to go. You can have it. Not only is this going to go, Satan, you're going with it. You can have it. I don't need all of this because this ain't my own. He knew who he was. We need to find out who we are. And then we don't want to fuss and fight about all this mess. We'll start holding hands and say we're going to stand on the gospel and we're going to help one another. We're going to love one another. We're going to be with one another because this ain't our home. We're going to stand and say on our way to glory. Worrying about what kind of Mustang you got. Like the kids was talking to me Friday, you step on my shoes, I'm a kid. I'm like, oh, really? Because they ain't white. See? That's what they value. But a child of God. Oh, you, 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 you want my white Jordans? Here, I'm going to give them to you. Because the same God that gave me them white Jordans are going to give me some more white Jordans. You can have these Jordans. See, because I ain't worried about how much they cost. Oh, you can have it because my God is going to take care of me. Because he said if your brother got need a coat, you give him two coats. He said if he needs something to eat, you don't give him a brick. You give him some food. See, if you learn to live the way he tells Pastor, I didn't work too hard for this. You are a steward of this. Then he says, don't count it peculiar that you're going through stuff. The adversary is, see, this is what I loved about the scripture. He says that the adversary is proof that you're a child of God. Satan ain't messing with his own people. He coming up to folk that ain't his people. And if you going through and Satan is that, you need to rejoice. Because you know you are a child of God. Because if you know the Bible, wait a minute, I didn't make this up. The verse says right here that your adversary, which is to, which is to them a proof that you are God's because he's after you. And we sitting around crying. I expect him to come after me, please. Y'all, you gun-toting folk. Don't y'all see, y'all don't want to admit it, but I'm going to say it for you. Most of y'all run around here hoping somebody say something stupid to you so you can pull it out. I'm packing, you let you know, see? But when it comes to God, you don't wait see, I expect the devil to come after me. And I'm way I'm sitting here saying it's expected because God's gonna let him come out. Paul is sitting in prison because Satan think he got him. Jesus, when he put him on the cross, Satan thought he had him. See, when you're going through stuff 
and Satan is there messing with you. Satan think he got you. But I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that Jesus overcame all that Satan tried to do and I can be set free. And if he did it, he'll do it for me. I'm like Charles Spurgeon in them. I, I, when he come at me, I'm like, yeah, come on, what you want? Matter of fact, Charles Spurgeon said he was asleep one night. Devil woke him up. He looked and saw that was him. He rode back over. <laughs> See, that's what I'd like. Oh, shut say no, someone. I ain't worried about you. Paul said, I ain't worried about you. But the church expect to go through this stuff because he wants to deter you. But see, the reason why he separates us is because if we get together and stand united, we're going to start encouraging one another. And the joy of the Lord is going to be there. See, that's why he said, forsake not assembling yourself together. See, the reason there's purpose behind it. And when you're going through, you need some folk. And then what he said was in here, don't think you're the only one that's going through. Because... There's others that's going through too. And I don't know about you, but I can guarantee you, everybody in this church is going through something. That's why we come together. He said, oh no. Philippians is the book of joy. How can you get joy out of all of this mess? Oh, it's easy. Because I don't live here. And when I know I don't live somewhere, I ain't been on trying to keep it. I'm ready to go home. Right. And when any time he says it's time to go home, I'm ready to go home. See, the reason why I was just using my brother-in-law, God, they told him last January, you got about three to six months, but he wasn't right with Jesus yet. And the grace of God kept him there. And then his beautiful sister was starting to witness to him and started to pray over him. And God let him live almost a year later until he got right with God. And when he got right with God, God said, now I'm ready to take you home. Because see, when you, when you try to hold on to this world, God gonna let you try to hold on to this world. But when you realize it's time to go home, you give up the key. And you say, I'm ready. So when we understand that we're going to go through, go through. Because it's a, according to the scriptures, it's a justification that you say. See, you don't even have to guess. Because you see people, I don't know if I'm saying, oh, yes, you are. You going through? Uh-huh, you say. Because if you nothing that see, then you see when you can get rid of the salvation problem, then you can start living the way God wants you to live. Amen. Salvation is the beginning. Once you know you saved, then you can start living the way God wants you to live. My attitude could get straight. My behavior can start getting right. I can start looking in the pews and not know your name but still care about you. And then when I get to know your name, I can start acting like I love you a little bit. 
Then when I get to talking to you, I can start really beginning to know that I can love you a little bit. Then when I get to really start talking to you and knowing I can love you a little bit, I can put up with the mess you finna send me through. And then when you get through sending you through the mess, then I can get on my knees and ask God to forgive me and teach me how to love you a little bit more. Instead of trying to get rid of you. I ain't sitting in that pew no more. They over there. When you should be the first one over there sitting next to them, holding their hand, saying, Jesus, forgive us because we know not what we do. Then finally, Paul tells us as a church and as believers, get your attitude, get your behavior. No, Satan is going to come at you, but it's the proof of your salvation. Then he says to us, no. Mm. <laughs> know that you're going to suffer for his sake. I ain't got nothing against health, wealth, and prosperity. I ain't got nothing about feeling good, looking good, talking good, praying good, and doing all that good. I ain't got nothing against it. I'm a total believer in it, but I also know this. Don't you miss the message. And here's the message. You're going to suffer for Christ's sake. Because that's why he says, take up your cross. That's going to put you up there with him. And you're going to go through stuff. Because that suffering is also a part of your crucifixion. And part of that crucifixion is starting to get rid of you. And as you start to get rid of you, you start to become more like him. And the more you become like him, the more the suffering don't bother you. Because now you're not suffering because you want to suffer. And you're not suffering because you have to suffer. You're suffering because you're giving Christ the glory. And when somebody see you, they can say, that's a child of the living God. Because look what God done brought them through. Not what they done done, but what he done done through yes. All right, now. them. That's why Paul said, I'm in the same change you in, but Christ is the key. And I'm suffering, not because I done done something wrong. <clears throat> I'm suffering because he wants me to suffer. Not that I done done something wrong. I done obeyed all a man's laws. I ain't did nothing wrong. All I did was preach Jesus. But by preaching Jesus, I'm going to suffer. Because why am I going to suffer? People going to come against me. People going to try to stop me. The devil going to come at me. They don't want to hear nothing about Jesus. All they trying to do is stopping me from doing what God done called me to do. And so I'm going to have to suffer. They may hurt my feelings. You can't say nothing about Jesus in here. That's okay. I'll find another way to do Jesus. Okay, since I can't say Jesus, I'll act like Jesus. You can't stop me from acting like Jesus. So I might as well just show you some Jesus. See, just because you say I can't say it don't mean me and him ain't here. We just gonna do it a different way. See, then when we learn how to act like Christ, be like Christ, talk like Christ, and suffer like Christ, then we'll be able to live and enjoy what Christ has for us. I'm on the battlefield for my Lord, and I'm just a citizen passing on through 
on my way home, I'm going to take some folks with me and I want to give Jesus his praise. I don't know about you, but it's so good to know that I live in a whole different place. I don't have to be like the rest because of who he is in me. If I'm bind up, that's all right. If you stop me, that's all right. But what you can't do is stop the Jesus that's in me. Paul said you got to get single-minded to live this way. You can't be scatterbrained. As we used to say, you know, this is, and I, ain't, I shouldn't have mine. Because, see, I don't want nobody to get offended. They're going across the world. But, you know, we used to say the statement, quit acting like a blonde. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. That must have been... <laughs> That must have been a, a brief time in my life. But God is telling us to be a great church, you got to be a heavenly minded church. And to be a heavenly minded church, you're going to have to get your character right, your conduct right. He said, conduct yourself worthy of the gospel of Christ and when we start conducting ourselves that way it don't matter condition place or how much we got all that matters is we joyously joyously live for Christ so that somebody can look at us and say, what must I do to have what you got? Amen. And here's the beauty of it. And go where you are going. Because where I'm going don't seem going to make it. I had a deacon give me a testimony. When God said to him, Go and pray for this person. See, many of us don't mind going to pray for folk because we like to show off. But when you start to obey God in adverse conditions, when you obey God when it's not feasible to do what you suppose what God is trying to tell you to do, then you're going to have to trust and display God. But here's the beauty of it. The deacon did what he was supposed to do. But you don't know who watched what he did. When we are living worthy of Christ, people going to be watching you. This world is hurting. This world is disappointed. This world is full of despair. This world don't know which way to go. They keep hearing about Jesus, but they want him, but they don't fight. No, somebody that's trying to live him. And it's not your fault. That's just the way they are. God says, 
Conduct yourselves. Quit making up excuses why you can't. Conduct yourselves worthy of the gospel of Christ. And when we do that, not only can you overcome the battlefield and the chains of your life, you can help others overcome the chains and the battles of their lives. That's why it's good. Somebody say good. good. To learn how to love beyond yourself, beyond your family, and beyond your relatives. When you can start to love the God that loved you and you can do it unconditionally, we will be able to overcome. How many of you ready for the fight? <laughs> Lord, when, we, when I was in the military, if you played sports, Right before you were getting ready to go out to the big game or the big fight, and the coach or somebody would say, let's get ready. And we get all pumped up and stuff. Then they say, let's go. And you go, then you go roaring out there. Yeah! We're in church. We say, let's get ready. Then we say, let's go. Then the, you know what the church do? Oh, I don't know about that. Wait a minute, hold on. <laughs> Oh, now, uh, you got me riled up, but I ain't ready to go out and do what I'm lonely doing. See, I might not make it back. <laughs> well, being an ex-coach, that's what I say. Oh, we finna get beat. <laughs> but Paul is saying, in chapter one, be single-minded. To die for Christ is to gain. Then he that does a good work in you will complete it. Have confidence in this, that Christ is with you, no matter what your condition or circumstance. Then Paul concludes the first chapter of Philippians being single-minded. Be worthy of the gospel of Christ. Walk it, believe it, talk it, and act like it. Then he said, don't count it bad that the devil is after you. Rejoice because you are now, that is affirmation that you are a child of God because he was after Jesus. And then he concludes with, you might as well enjoy it because when you do it right, you know you're doing it for this. I'm suffering for the one that suffered for me. And let him get his glory. And I'll just go on home and be with him. And when I'm with him, there's no more tears. There's no more trouble. I'm at home because I'm a citizen of heaven. Amen.
Thank you very much.